Welcome to the very first episode of the Let's Talk College Football podcast. I am your host, Michael Kirkering, and I am very excited to finally be talking about one of my favorite things in the world, college football. And for this first episode, as I'm calling it the introduction, I'm basically just going to walk you through a couple of things like what this podcast is, what you can expect, what's going to be similar to other podcasts, what's going to be different from other podcasts. Then I'm going to talk about why I love football. Then I'm going to dive into why I love college football specifically. From there, I'm going to give you a little bit of my personal background and my football background, just so you guys have an idea of why I'm at least somewhat qualified to talk about these topics. I do have a degree in journalism from the University of Oregon, so I learned a little bit about broadcast journalism and its related fields. However, my main focus was advertising, specifically video production. That's what I do for a career. That's my main focus is video production and video services. But I've always had a huge passion for sports, like most guys do, specifically college football. And I love talking about college football. Usually when I get in a conversation with someone, I end up chatting their ear off and they don't realize what they're in for. And I just don't stop talking, which is why I figured, hey, what better way to deliver my content to people than through a podcast. That way people that are specifically looking for college football content can hear me speak about it. So let's dive into what you can expect from my podcast specifically. My plan is to talk about anything and everything college football. So that means before the season starts, we'll be doing preseason predictions, talking about what teams we think are going to be good, not good, what kind of players are going to be good and not good, what we expect from this team, that team, this conference, that conference, all the typical things that you would normally hear when listening to college football news. I'm not specifically talking about one topic more than the other like or a team more than the other. Obviously, I have a favorite team and my own biases. We'll get to that later. Um, This is not a regional podcast meaning although I'm located on the West Coast, this isn't focused on the Pac-12 or focused on the SEC and those teams. I try to cover the whole entire landscape of college football evenly. And when I say evenly, that doesn't mean that maybe the Big Ten doesn't get talked about more than, for example, the Pac-12. If the Big Ten is a hotter topic and a bunch of teams from the Big Ten are doing well, which is one of the predictions a lot of people have for this upcoming season, then probably the Big Ten will get talked about on the podcast more than the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 only has a couple teams that are nationally relevant. My goal is to talk about things that are nationally relevant when it comes to college football. I can't fit everything into this into this uh, podcast. So let's say, for example, you are a Colorado fan. There's a good chance you're not going to hear me talk very much about Colorado on this podcast unless, like a couple years ago, your team's doing very well, you're competing for your division, you have a chance of making your conference championship game. Then I will talk a lot about your team and predictions for your team and how I feel about your team, etc. Where I think my podcast is going to have kind of a different twist on traditional college football podcast is we're going to talk a lot about 
generic college football issues, even if they're unrelated to what's going on that week in college football. I'm going to have specific episodes where I'm saying, hey, this is about this last week that just happened. It's very current. And another one where I might say, hey, this specific podcast is about scheduling and different scheduling issues that go on in college football. Or this episode is about the college football playoff as a topic, meaning how do I feel about it? the future of it, should we go back to old systems, or I might just bring up an episode about new rules, maybe specifically the targeting rule and how I feel about that. I definitely have plans to have an entire episode dedicated to targeting. So just different things like that. And then another thing that I plan on getting into is the history of college football. I am a huge history buff, whether it's football or not. History is one of my favorite subjects in school, and I am obsessed with college football history as much as I am college football. So that means I might have an episode dedicated to the 2006 season. Let's go relive that and break that down, or let's talk about the top national championship games that have been played, or the top bowl games, or some of the best regular season games we can remember, or old players that have done really well, just different topics like that. That will be honestly probably half the podcast I'm trying to keep a fair balance between old college football, new and current college football. And then as I dive into this podcast more, I plan to kind of intertwine those things together and use them when they're relevant. So for example, let's say we're at the end of the season, like last year with with Wisconsin was undefeated and everyone was debating their schedule. That might be a good opportunity for me to talk about that current issue while also bring up scheduling as a whole and talk about why some conferences have tougher schedules than others and what different rules play into that and just strengthen the debate through history, through current issues, and just never letting us forget the past while also keeping a fresh outlook on the present because I feel like it's very important to understand that, hey, without the history of college football, you can't have current college football. They're all intertwined no matter how you look at it. And for me as a journalist and as someone who's going to be covering and bringing you guys college football, it's my strong suit. I am very knowledgeable about the history of college football. My friends tease me about it. They're always wowed by it. Um, obviously when I'm talking about things, I'm going to have notes and be doing that. But a lot of the stuff that I'll spat out about history is just literally going to be off the top of my head. I could literally name you every national champion from 1980 to right now, uh, where they played their bowl game, who their opponent was. I mean, that's the type of nerdy stuff we're talking about when it comes to the history of college football in my brain. So it's something I'm very passionate about. One of the things I'm the most knowledgeable about, and that's kind of the take I want to bring to when we're talking about current college football, very often can you look at a situation and say, well, this reminds me of, you know, 1996 and what was going on at the end of that season, or this issue reminds me of something that happened in 2004, only back then we looked at it a completely different way, and it's totally changed, and just just different topics like that, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that take, that spin on me covering college football and talking about it. So now let me just tell you why I love football. I think football is the ultimate team game in a way that no other sport can truly compare. Now, all sports are team games, if they're a team sport, that is, you know, basketball, baseball, but, and this is true for football too, but most sports can be controlled by one dominant player really controlling the outcome for his team. You look at basketball, take the NBA, for example. Wherever LeBron James goes, that team is destined to make the finals. A lot of NBA analysts reported that LeBron James could go to the worst team in the NBA, meaning a team that had no business making the playoffs, and they would probably be a a playoff team just with his presence. You look at baseball, pitching is huge. A great pitcher can single-handedly sometimes 
bring a team success. And it's not to say that that's not true with football. You, obviously, you have a great quarterback. You can really dominate some people. But in comparison to the other sports, you really have to have a team working together flawlessly for the team to succeed at a high level, especially when you start getting into college and the NFL. We have seen tons of amazing, amazing college football players, Heisman winners, people that shattered records that were unable to win championships because their team, quite frankly, sucked. Look at Lamar Jackson the last couple years. He's been one of the most dynamic, amazing quarterbacks as far as running the ball is concerned that we've seen. But his team has struggled. I think Louisville went something like 7-5 and five. both the years they had him, or maybe they went 8-4 and four in 2016 when he won the Heisman and then 7-5 and five last year. That's just, in most sports, when you have the best player, you usually are in the top tier of the sport. And in football, that's just not true, which is something I think is really awesome. You have to have 11 guys working together as a team to make success happen. You can have an amazing quarterback, but if the offensive linemen do not block for him, he will not be able to do anything for you. You could have an amazing running back, and if the offensive line don't give him holes to run through, he's going to be on his butt every play in the backfield, and he's going to be very unhappy. So in order for a team to be good, it takes a lot of players working together, chemistry, coaching. Coaching is huge in football in comparison to a lot of other sports. Again, not to hate on the NBA, but you look at the NBA and not to say that the coaching isn't important, but the players are more important than the coaches half the time. If LeBron James wants his coach gone, they're probably going to fire that coach because LeBron James, a player, said so. That would never really happen in football. Maybe in the NFL, there's a couple of players throughout history that have sort of held that power at the end of their tenure, but I mean, look at look at Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback of all time in a lot of people's opinions, not mine, by the way. But I think even people that love Tom Brady would say that he wouldn't be half what he is without Belichick right now, and that Belichick is definitely more powerful in that organization than Tom Brady is. And I'm not someone that hates on other sports. I love all sports. I love watching basketball, especially college basketball. The NCAA tournament is one of the most entertaining things by far. I love baseball. Uh, the World Series is awesome. The College World Series is super entertaining, super fun to watch. A lot of passion in all those sports. I am a huge sports fan. Not going to hate on any of them. I just think that when it comes to team sports, football is the best. And obviously, that's an opinion, and that's an opinion held by me, not held by others, but that is my opinion, and I think there's pretty strong evidence for it. Now, one of the reasons why I love college football specifically more than the NFL, for example, and there's many reasons why, but if you noticed when I was talking about the other sports a second ago and I said the World Series is entertaining, the NCAA tournament's very entertaining, I didn't say college basketball in general is very entertaining, even though I do like college basketball and I do watch the regular season, it's not that I don't watch it, but... The regular season in college basketball versus college football, they're just really not comparable as far as the amount of pressure on the teams and what you have to lose on a week-to-week basis. In college football, if you want to make the college football playoff or you want to make a big bowl game or you want to win your division and have a chance to play in your conference championship, you really cannot afford to lose games. One loss is bad on the national scale. Two losses, you're really in trouble. Three losses, and you can almost guarantee that you're not going to go to the college football playoff. 
you might still be able to make a New Year's Six Bowl game with three losses. You might be able to win your conference with three losses, but you're definitely not playing for a national championship with three losses. We've never seen a team in the history of recent college football, by that I mean basically from the 70s to now, win a national championship or even play for a national championship or a big-time bowl game with more than three losses. So that means that the pressure is on every single week for all of these teams, and everyone is trying to win their conference. That's ultimately the main goal of college football. Win your conference, have a chance to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game, and if you're lucky, make the college football playoff, play for a national championship. That's what fans want. That's what players want. That's what coaches strive for. That's the ultimate goal, and it's very, very difficult to do that, especially on any sort of consistent or semi-consistent basis. All right, so let me give you a little bit of background on me and why I fell in love with college football, when that happened, why that happened. So I grew up in Portland, Oregon. That's where I've lived my entire life. And yes, I am sort of a Duck fan now, but I did not grow up a Duck fan or an Oregon State Beaver fan or any West fan of any West Coast team, to be honest. I grew up a diehard Florida State Seminole fan. Oh, I know that probably makes a lot of you West Coasters mad, and you'll probably never listen to this show again now that you've heard that, but let me explain a little bit. So my dad is from Sarasota, Florida. That's where he was raised. That's where he grew up, and he went to Florida State University for college. He was there from 1986 until 1990, uh, the beginning of the Bowden Dynasty, which I'm sure you'll hear me talk about eventually on this show. And Needless to say, because of his experience there, he became a diehard Florida State Seminole fan. Well, when he graduated in 1990, his parents had moved out to Oregon. That's where my grandpa had decided to relocate for work purposes. So when he had to move back in with his parents after college, like a lot of people do, he had no choice but to really come out to Oregon. And shortly after that, he got a job at Nike, which is where he has been ever since. Very blessed for that. And he had me in 1994 and basically from day one it was Florida State Seminoles if you look at the cover of this podcast my artwork is literally a picture of me as a baby dressed up in Florida State so I didn't even have a choice people um and I don't regret any of that I love the way I was brought up as a sports fan specifically with Florida State and obviously when I was a little kid I didn't really care that much my first real memory of watching a college football game or really a football game in general was in 2003 for Thanksgiving. We were at my grandparents' beach house and the Florida State-Florida game was on. And I don't really remember watching too much of the game, but I remember the ending because Florida State won on essentially what was a, a Hail Mary pass or a very deep pass over the middle, caught for a touchdown with like 40 seconds left, Florida State took the lead. And I just remember my parents and my grandparents and my uncle just going crazy. It was insane and it was so intense and I didn't quite understand what was going on at the time. I was literally in third grade, but... Something was definitely up from then on. And then around fifth grade, I started playing football. And that year, I didn't really take it too seriously. I can barely really remember what was going on. But I do remember watching college football a lot more closely that year. I started to get a little bit more into the Ducks because that was the local Oregon team. Those were the That was the team that people at you know school would talk about. And I still always loved Florida State, but 
that year, if you'll remember, that was the year where the national championship was USC versus Texas at the Rose Bowl, Reggie Bush, Vince Young, you know, the great Pete Carroll team, and that was the game that got me absolutely hooked on college football. I will never forget that game. One of the best national championships still to this day, just back and forth, crazy game, and Basically, from then on, I've been a diehard college football fan and have pretty much watched every big game of every season since, and I remember them. Even though I was only in fifth grade, I remember that vividly. I remember in 2006 watching games vividly, especially starting to pay more attention to Florida State then. Um, I'll never forget crying after the 2006 Florida State-Florida game where Florida State was kind of mediocre that year and Florida was phenomenal that year. They won the national championship, but we still managed Florida State that is to keep it very close when we played that game I think Florida State lost 21 to 14 if I'm not mistaken and Florida State was about to tie the game up they ran a kickback all the way for a touchdown to tie the game up 21 21 and they reviewed the play and determined that the pinky toe of one of the Florida State return guys was out of bounds and they called that touchdown off, and Florida State couldn't score after that. They lost, and I just remember being devastated by that. I went to my very first college football game. Well, actually, I may have gone to a duck game. I think my dad took me to a duck game when I was like four or something, he said. But the first college football game I remember was actually nothing prestigious, nothing to write home about. It was the 2006 Emerald Bowl. Florida State was like 6-6, six and six, which by their standards is very mediocre. But because of that, they ended up going to the Emerald Bowl, which is in San Francisco, which is only like a 10-hour drive from our house up in Portland. So my dad drove me down to that game. We went with my grandpa, and they played UCLA. It was actually a really good game. Florida State won, which made us had a winning season. And it was just a great, awesome experience. And that started the tradition of going to college football games with my dad, which is still to this day my absolute favorite thing to do. We've been to countless games together, and not just Florida State games, not even just college football games. We love to go to basically any sort of sporting event together, but obviously college football would be the focus of our favorite thing to do, and specifically Florida State. Um, we went to Oregon games, We've been to a couple Ohio State games. I had family in Ohio and Columbus area, so I've, I've been to the big house. Or, that sorry, that's Michigan. I've been to, I have been to the big house, but I've been to the Horseshoe and also the big house, been to Michigan State. My dad and I went to Clemson a couple of years ago. We went to Norman, Oklahoma for Florida State, Oklahoma back in 2010. Been to BYU. Um, definitely haven't even come close to checking off all the venues I want to go to. That's one of my bucket list things is to go to all of the big-time college football venues. My dad and I just bought our tickets to the Notre Dame-Florida State game this year on November 10th, which is up in South Bend. I am so stoked for that. South Bend is a place I've wanted to go to for a long time, so that is going to be awesome. But definitely up to this point, I would have to say the pinnacle of any game I've ever been to was the 2013 National Championship game at the Rose Bowl against Auburn. Just an incredible game. Whether you're a Florida State or Auburn fan, just as a fan of the sport, it was an amazing national championship game. But the fact that it was my team back at the Rose Bowl, which is, again, if you go back to 2005, that game that got me into college football, the Texas-USC game, it was just, it was like literally like a storybook was being told for me. Florida State had slowly progressed from mediocre for me growing up. Of course, they were legendary back in the 90s, and I always heard those stories from my dad and my uncle. But the Florida State team I always knew was 
a 7-6 and six team, maybe an 8-4 and four team, and we slowly got better from 2010 when Jimbo Fisher took over to fast forward to 2013. We're playing for the national championship game with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and we went out and we won that game in the final seconds. Just like when Vince Young led Texas to beat USC in the final seconds, it was by far the best day of my life, one of the greatest memories that I have as a sports fan with my family. My whole entire family was there. Some of my best friends were there. And that was also the year I graduated high school. So I actually went to Florida State for my first year of college after that, which was 2014, which was a phenomenal year to be at Florida State as a student. I got to see the Clemson game that year, which went into overtime. I saw Notre Dame come into town and we had a pretty awesome season again. We're undefeated, and I actually went back to the college football playoff at the Rose Bowl again where Florida State was annihilated by no one else than Oregon, the Oregon Ducks, which was the like one team I did not want Florida State to lose to, obviously, growing up in Oregon and knowing a ton of Duck fans. I still get crap about that game all the time, even though I will defend Florida State as a much better program than the Ducks, but that's getting off the point. Long story short, when it comes to my college career, I was worried about getting into the College of Communications at Florida State. It was very competitive. Also, paying out-of-state tuition was very hard. So I actually ended up transferring back home and ended up going to University of Oregon. Like I said in the beginning, I graduated University of Oregon actually just a couple months ago, back in June. So I have ties to both schools. I love the Ducks also, and it's Really cool to have those connections on both sides of the country. And like I said, as big of a Florida State fan I am or a Duck fan, I really almost think I am a bigger fan of the game itself, college football. I'm just a huge fan of the game. Even though, yes, as a Florida State fan, I do not like Miami or the Florida Gators. I actually, on most Saturdays, root for them to be good so that the rivalry is a bigger national thing like it used to be in the past. And I know there's probably a lot of Florida State fans out there that are like, what do you mean you root for Miami? I don't root for Miami. I love it when they meet their demise. Don't get me wrong. But I prefer that they be a top 10 team and that Florida State be a top 10 team so that when they play, it's just at the pinnacle of what a rivalry can be. So I would be lying if I said that I wasn't a little biased towards Florida State. I am. But I still feel that I can cover college football and talk about college football in an unbiased manner and look at it objectively. I know when Florida State is not doing well. I know when they are doing well. And I hope that no one views me as a blinded Florida State fan or ACC homer. The ACC has been terrible as a conference. The ACC has been really good as a conference, especially lately. And none of those biases will play into me talking about college football are talking about any of the issues surrounding Florida State or any of those teams. So now that you know who I am, what I'm about, I hope that you'll be able to enjoy listening to me talk about college football going forward, and I look forward to bringing you my input on this upcoming season, on college football in general, and I'm just really, really excited to be talking about this finally. So thank you for listening, and can't wait to bring you another episode.